Welcome to Mindful Escape, the podcast that inspires you to live your best life. My name is Leighton Dewitt and I'm your host and today we have Julia Gentry on the show. Julia is the author of Dream, I Dare You and is all about awakening dreams everywhere, inspiring people to actually live the life they want to lead. So it's the perfect guest for Mindful Escape. Julia gives some great tips about what you can do today to bridge the gap between where you are now and where you want to be. So make sure you listen closely and we'll jump straight in. Julia, thank you for coming on to Mindful Escape. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm honored to be here and I'm so excited because I think the message that you're bringing to the world is so necessary and such a left-hand turn. So Um, what I'm currently doing is very different than what I was doing. So I'm going to tell you kind of, you know, this peak moment of where we are now, and then we can spend the rest of today kind of unpacking how we got here. Um, but currently I am a wife and a mom of five children under the age of nine. Um, we have been traveling almost full time for the last seven years all across the United States. Um, I'm a speaker and an author of a best-selling book called Dream I Dare You. And ultimately, our message is actually giving people the framework to understand how to bridge that gap between where they are and where they want to be, right? Behind that, what I have and what I want, right? My dreams and my reality. And so we're just a community and a message that encourages very much like you, people to get outside of that box and that status quo of the quote unquote American dream so they can actually start living their dream. Yeah, that's so good. And that's what Mindful Escape is all about. So I'm really excited. So let's jump back a little bit. You, I guess there was two stages because you were working in the corporate world and then you had your own business and then you do what you do now. Do you want to just run us through those stages? Yeah. So actually the corporate world was more my husband's journey. So when I got married to my husband, I married an entrepreneur who was hiding in the corporate world. Um, I probably would have landed in the corporate world, right? I was at that time, uh, get in the box, do what you're told, make no mistakes, get it the right way. You know, I had a lot of stress as a kid. Now I had great parents, but my, my narrative, what I interpreted was it doesn't matter what you do, just do it the right way and do it the way you're told. And so I had a narrative coming into my marriage that was very much focused on that box. Now I married an entrepreneur. So he had the golden handcuffs. He had a corporate job. He made great money. I didn't even have to work at 21 years old, right? Like it looked like we kind of had that dream all already handed to us. But the reality was we were, he, my husband was not satisfied at that time. And he felt like life was passing him by at a job he hated, even though we had great nights and weekends and, you know, holiday parties and, you know, all of those things. Um, And so in 2007, when the market got weird in the United States, um, they cut his pay in half and they said, we want you to do the same job, but just for half the pay, (laughs) you know, and for him, he was like, no, no. So that started our journey into entrepreneurship. We started our first business in real estate. We hit the market spot on. We were doing short sales. Um, We did very well, very fast. I mean, we bought and sold millions of dollars worth of real estate in a downturn market, and, and not because we were smart, almost because we were too naive to know any different, you know? Um, so that was our first jump into understanding that entrepreneurship is a real thing, that you can make money doing something for yourself. But also, you know, it was, it took a nosedive because though we made a lot of money, we didn't understand the mindset game, right? We didn't understand that there is a mindset to not only making money, but keeping money, <laughs> you know, getting successful, but staying successful. And so We found ourselves after a peak of success, $100,000 in debt living in my mom's basement. 
And that's what started our, our mindset learning, if you will. Yeah. So were you living a nice lifestyle at that time when you were running that business? Yeah. So we, yeah, but we were spending more than we were making, you know, so we bought the, we bought the cool loft and we had the cars and, you know, we did all of those things that again, we were kind of chasing that success story, if you will. And don't get me wrong, right. I've had money and I've not had money and it's better to have money, you know, so I'm not, I'm not suggesting that that doesn't help, but when we truly found ourselves a hundred thousand dollars in debt, I mean, now, like we had no more cars, we didn't have the loft, like we really had to sit back and go, okay, we, there is a mindset component to this. Um, and that started our journey in, I started doing business coaching um, and, and we started training people on how to think about business and how to build a business and the mindset principles. But that's where we identified that there was a gap, like the gap between a process map and the transformation of a process map, you know, like, okay, I have a dream to start a business but here's my reality. And so it, we started to notice that there were these habits around what we have and what we want, and that the majority of people literally did not know what it took to bridge the gap. Though I could Google how to do it, I wasn't doing it. And that gap was fascinating to me because I'd done it in my own life. And you just start to see these habits within people around, why are we not chasing our dreams unapologetically? And why are we not using the tools that our coaches give us, you know, like what is going on? And that's what ultimately launched us into what we're doing now. Yeah, that's so good. There was two things that came up for me there. One of them about the mindset of keeping the money, but the other part was about what does success look like? Do you find those two interlink a lot or are they different perspectives? Yeah, I think so. Let's tackle one at a time, you know, and, and any addict who's overcome an addiction knows this truth to be very profound in their life, which is it's one thing to get free. It's another to stay free. It's one to get married, to stay married, make money, keep money, get success, stay successful, right? There's, there's just different tools, right? And so I think that that they're understanding that there is a difference in, in those journeys is really powerful. And then I think the other is interlinked a little bit, but when I think that we externally have an idea of what success is based upon what we see around us, right. Based upon what our parents did, based upon what social media says, based upon like the industry, like we really start to frame our success based upon what we see around us, but we've forgotten that success actually lies within us, right? Those are the dream. What I, that's why I've redefined what dreaming is because dreaming has nothing to do with vision boards or this nice idea. Dreaming comes from this something in me that goes, I can't not do this. And I need to learn how to take this thing that's in me, right? Whether it's in business or in my marriage or whatever that is, like I've got to learn how to understand what is going on within me. And then how do I bring that to the world around me when you can, when you do that, that's where we have success and fulfillment. I like it. Bringing it all together. Mm -hmm. So you finished the business, you found yourself in a hundred thousand pounds of debt or dollars and you go into business coaching. At what point in your journey was there a trigger or when did the penny drop and you thought, I need to change something. <laughs> totally. Well, even you and I, just in our short conversation of when you're like, and I finally sold everything, like 
we hit that moment too, right? Like, so we rebuilt our lives. We had the car, 2.5 cars, 2.5 kids, 2.5 houses, <laughs> you know, like all of the things. And, and I don't want to downplay that because that was a journey. You know, it was, it was, it took a lot to get back to a place that we had safety, security, stability, right? Like we really rebuilt that. So I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to downplay the importance of those pieces. However, what it did is again, the fascination around, well, that will make me happy. That will make me successful. That will make me fulfilled was not true. So fast forward four more years and we were crawling into bed at night, still asking, is there something more, right? Like, okay, now we're successful again, but why do I still not feel fulfilled? And why does the American dream not feel like my dream? And so my husband and I were like circulating that conversation over and over and over again. So we were crazy like you, we call it brilliant or insane, like somewhere between the two. And so we decided to sell everything. You know, we had three kids at the time and we sold every, everything. I mean, we had an estate sale, sold it all and started traveling the country in an RV. And that's where my husband was living his dream. And I was not, <laughs> you know, like yeah. it was, no, he loved it. And I was like, I have control issues and I actually live more in the box than I thought. And like, Where's my safety and my security? And it was kind of our midlife awakening from very two different perspectives. But ultimately, that's where I decided I really leaned in with God. I wrote the book. We put the framework on paper and has led us into what we're doing today, which is truly seeing thousands of lives transformed, uh, people starting new businesses, quitting vaping, taking their marriages to the next level, like doubling down on the gifts that they have simply because we've identified, you know, just our unique value proposition of how to start bridging that gap. And so here we are truly successful and fulfilled, still doing hard things, raising babies, you know, like check an email, you know, some of those same things, but we've really, it sounds like, like you landed on our target of what it means to dream and living every single day, relentlessly in pursuit of those dreams. Yeah, that's great. I think most of the people listening are probably either going through a transition at this point, or they're just before that transition, they're thinking about, okay, how do I make this move? What was the biggest challenge for you going through that change? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a question. It was a reframing of a question that truly changed, changed everything. You know, Mark Twain says, it's not what we know that hurts us. It's what we think we know that just isn't so, you know, and so I'm just a firm believer that we're not getting in our own way. The economy's not getting in our way. Our past isn't getting in our way. It's the belief that we hold to be true about any of those things, right? It's my belief that I'll never have enough. It's my belief that, well, it's never been done. It's impossible. It's my belief that, you know, every time I try, I'm going to be rejected. It's those beliefs that actually really keep us stuck. And so for my husband and I, I remember that last conversation we had before doing the RV of, we were scared to mess it all up again. You know, like, I don't want to be a hundred thousand dollars in debt. Like did that once, like bought the t-shirt, got the hat. Like I do not want to do that again. So it was those same narratives of what if we fail? What if we make a mistake? What if people judge us? What if this doesn't work? What, I mean, all of those things. And so we finally looked at each other. And I think these a couple of statements changed our entire life and really changes the lives of our community members, which is, all right, number one, what do we want now versus what do we want most? What I want now to be safe and secure. <laughs> what I want now to eat the burger. What do I want now to have a paycheck? You know, what I want now is oftentimes our short-sighted 
scarcity minded, have a need, meet the need answers. And those are fair. But if I keep going after those, I will get that in another decade. I will still have the same results. When I, when I start to go, but what do I want most? I want adventure. I want freedom. I, I want to chase my dreams. I want to be 30 pounds lighter. I want a marriage that's on fire. All right. Now you get to choose. So now I actually have a choice, right? That is freedom. Freedom isn't when I have more money in the bank. It's I actually have a choice to choose at all times. So am I going to go for what I want now? Or am I going to choose what I want most? Once I understand what I want most, then we go, all right, so here's the reality is it's not that I can't, but how can I? So even at that time, we had three kids, right? We had, we had these, we had these businesses that kind of kept us in a certain location. You know, we, we had kind of created this lifestyle. So a lot of times we're like, well, I can't do that because, and so we just reframed it to say, well, how can we do this? How can we travel the country? How can, if this is what I want most, then how can I make this possible? It causes us to get curious. It causes us to look outside of the box. It causes us to look for innovation. And right, that, that escape in your mind, that's amazing, right? That's really where we started. And it created a mindset that now has keeps us unstuck. Because in any moment, no matter what life throws at me or what the news says or the curveballs or all the things that we still have, it's just a, all right, I get choice here. Now we're most, what do I want now, what do I want most? And then how can we do this? And it just takes us out of the box and keeps us moving towards what we want versus what we have. Yeah, that's so powerful. One of the things that came up for me last week, I did a Vipassana, a 10-day silent retreat. And one of the things that came up was around this, and it was basically me making excuses. And that was the thing that was holding me back. And basically, yeah, applying these two questions just gets you out of that frame of mind. Totally. That's amazing. You did a 10-day silent retreat. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> How do I get me one of those? Oh my gosh, I get like an it. hour in the morning, and then it's like <laughs> off to the races. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah. It's uh, it's definitely an experience, um, one that I'm not rushing back to do again, but I will do it. It's uh, very eye-opening. That's incredible. What was your greatest takeaway? That I'm capable of more if I remove distractions and excuses. Oh, man. And it was just, just that one thing was just massive for me because I was always using things to distract me from doing what I really wanted to do and I don't know whether that's because of fear or because of failure or because of whatever but yeah distractions and excuses was holding me back did you did you all did you write those things down because sometimes we think that distractions are opportunities right or we think that distractions are like so did you actually like write down here's the things that are distracting me here's the excuses that I'm making so when you came back to real life you could see what was serving you and what wasn't during the retreat, you can't do anything, essentially. There's no talking, there's no phone, no reading, no writing. So one of the things that was amazing to me was how much time I could actually spend meditating. And there was, I think there was one day I did 14 hours of meditating. And I thought, if I could focus for 14 hours every day, what could I achieve? Mm -hmm. So it wasn't about, okay, what should I not do is what can I do if I take those other things away so I basically 
put restrictions on my phone so I can only use it for certain hours, hours a day. I've deleted loads of apps. Um, I've just set up my schedule so it's fixed. So I have certain times that I do things so that I can be the most productive possible um, and then still schedule things like fun and activities. Um, so you don't feel guilty when you're doing those things. That's amazing. Good for you. That's but, yeah, great takeaway. So back to you. <laughs> Let's go over um, some of the, I'm sure there are so many, but what, would you say the biggest let's go for two lessons that you've learned through that transition yeah one of them I write in my book um it's a whole it's a whole chapter around this idea of lifting till failure and if anyone has worked out you understand we understand the concept of what it means to lift till failure physically right so and I remember this this is actually a time in the RV travels I've always been a skinny girl but I've never been super fit and so I decided that I was going to be fit so my, my pursuit in achieving that goal was to just do more of what I was doing, which if anyone knows that in a work, you're just going to burn out, which I did 90 days in, I totally was burning out. And I came in venting to my husband, which if you're married, you know, that if someone is venting, they don't want feedback. Like you're not supposed to tell them what to do. You know, like I just want to complain about all the things. And so when I was done, my husband asked, well, are you lifting till failure? And I was like, what? Like, no, I don't, people do that. No, I'm not doing that. Like that's uncomfortable. And, but it was, it's this mindset understanding of that. Who said hard is bad? What, since when did pressure not become a privilege? Right. And so I think that there's times that I've learned that we got to pick our heart and hard isn't bad. You know, it's, it's going to be hard to have money and it's hard not to have money. It's hard to be, to meditate. It's hard to be distracted. You know, it's hard to have one kid. It's hard to have five. Like at some level there, there's a component of hard and challenge that is in any choice that we choose. And then the next is number one, who said hard is bad. And number two, then pick the hard you want the most, pick the hard that's going to set you free, pick the hard based upon where you're going, right? Like to your point, I love this picture of it's going to be hard to meditate for 14 hours until it's not. When you surrender to the hard, right? At first, it's hard. That's why I use that language because people say to me all the time, well, then Julia, it's hard. It's hard. Do you just hard, life hard? No, but at first, it's hard. 14 hours of meditating, hard, <laughs> you know, like until it's not. And when I surrender to it and I realize that this isn't breaking me, it's making me, that the tension is okay, that the pressure is a privilege. I can actually surrender to it. And that's where I start to build strength. And I actually build new pathways in the brain and my, my mind and my body and emotions actually come into alignment with a different process. And that has changed the game for me because now it's very much about picking the right kind of hard and then surrendering to the process. That's been huge. Um, and then the second is truly, it's another chapter in the book. It's called juxtaposition, which is I have to be okay that it, that there is this in between of what I have and what I want. And so if I'm really clear on my dreams and I can see them in my mind's eye, or I really know what's next in the season of my life, or I understand the career I want to build, or I understand what more passion and connection in my marriage could look like. I've got to be okay. Learning that my reality has no bearings on my dreams and that I just have to do the discipline steps, I call it dream stacking every day based upon where I'm going, not just what I have, 
you know? And so a lot of times people go, yeah, well, but my marriage isn't passionate and connected. And so I just, you know, we get in a fight and that, that, well, but what if it was like, if you were passionate and connected in your marriage, how would you respond in a critical moment? And then you see the walls go down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're at a corporate job right now that you hate, but you know, the one in your mind's eye or deep within you that God's given you that you're actually building the business that you love. What would that person do today? And so learning how to make decisions based on where you're going, learning how to make decisions based upon the dream, the truth, not just my reality, that starts to change everything one day at a time, one decision at a time. And so those tools have been epic in our journey. They are now, right? Like I'm at new levels and my reality doesn't, is not in alignment with what I want, but I don't live based upon my reality. I live based upon where I'm going. I live based upon the truth that's shifted everything. Yeah, that's so good. It actually takes me back to my first coaching session of 2023. And my coach said to me, what would Leighton from 2033 do in this situation? And that's essentially what you're doing, right? You're, you're, being that person that you want to be already. So it's such good advice. Um, I wanted to ask you, because you mentioned hard, um, and I've been having a conversation with my friend recently about stress. How do you relate things being hard and things being stressful? Mm, So good. I'm really glad you asked that question because um, I lived the first 27 years of my life in high levels of stress. Only I didn't know it because it was very normal to me, right? I had a narrative in the back of my mind that was kind of like, be on guard at all times, trust nobody, do it the right way. So that created high levels of stress. I performed well, right? Like I did, I had my moments, I had pockets of not performing well, but so I didn't really know that I was living in high levels of stress. So hard and stress were one and the same, right? So I always connected that. When we really start to learn, they're, they're, two, they're, they're two different things, right? H- hard, right? If, if we think about a workout, we'll go back to this example. If I'm in the gym with my husband prior to understanding this. He's lifting till failure and is alive and loving it. Like the joke in our family is he doesn't even start counting until it burns. I start to burn and I'm like, ah, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's hard. Like everything we're wanting is on the other side of the work that we're avoiding, you know, the fire and the alive. And the is like, when it's on the, when it starts, when it starts to burn, that's it. You know, like that hard conversation that connects me doing a few more reps, writing the book, like selling everything and traveling like that hard doesn't have to be stressful. That's not one in the same, right? It's my mindset around that. and so. When I think of stress, stress is built in a faulty mindset. It's in a fear mindset, right? Hard lives on the outside of that. Just the outside of it. So for me, if you were doing hard and it feels stressful, I would like to propose it's not because hard is stressful. It's the mindset around what you're doing. It's the workout that's like, oh my gosh, I hate this. And this is going to kill me. And I don't like this. And nobody loves me. And my boss is going to fire me. Yeah, that's stress. So when I'm... Would you relate that to a reaction? Like stress is the reaction of it being hard where it, it shouldn't always have to be like that. It could be, I enjoy this hard. It doesn't have to be stress. 
Yeah, good question. So again, it's if we go back to the basis of like cognitive behavioral therapy, right, which says every thought creates an emotion, every emotion creates an action, every action creates a result, and that result confirms my thoughts to be true, right? That's why we say we're self-fulfilling prophecies. We are, right? So if I look at stress, stress is an emotional response to a thought process. So if I'm thinking this is hard and I don't like it, of course, it's going to drive stress as opposed to this is hard and it's the hard I choose, or it's, it's making me, it's not breaking me, or I can see that this is an alignment where I'm going. That's not going to drive stress. That's actually going to drive a surrendered state, right? So it could be the, again, the exact same experience, but it's our interpretation to the experience, right? It's our unconscious approach. It's the, I didn't actually choose this. That's when we start to get stressful, right? It's like, I, I want this life, but I didn't choose what's happening to me. And then we actually just like respond to what we didn't want, as opposed to going, Hey, I don't know that I chose this, but I do get to choose what's next. I do get to choose how I respond. That could take us out of fight or flight. But what happens is it's our patterns around don't like this respond, fight or flight. This is hard respond, fight or flight. It's, it's kind of that we're like leaning back as opposed to proactively going, okay, wait a minute. I get to choose here what's going on, what's the thing under the thing. It's a very conscious way to live. It's a hard way to live, but so is the opposite, right? So it's just responding to life. So it's, it's, it's same experience, different interpretations. Yeah. And I think this is something I've incorporated into my life over the last year. It's being mindful about my thoughts and my reactions and how I'm going to respond to a certain situation. Have you incorporated meditation and mindfulness into what you do or how because you seem to be aware of what's coming up and being able to analyze it which a lot of people in that moment can't have you incorporated some kind of practice to help you or so good yeah so part of I'm I'm a visionary I'm also a high visual so in our work we give people a lot of visuals so we actually give them mind maps we give them really simple. I'm not a complex girl. I hate details. I will never use a spreadsheet, right? So a lot of the trainings I went through, it was so complex that I was like, ah, like I cannot remember this real time. So we actually have a couple of really simple mind maps that we give people that I use literally to this day, seven times a day. So when I'm not in the right place, real time, right? I can actually see in my mind's eye the visuals that we give people to get out of the wrong lane, to understand what they're thinking and how it connects to the emotional patterns. So, so I say all that because um, for me, yes, I practice my, I, I get up at 4.30 every morning and I have two hours that I do my morning routine, right? We call it our dream stacking routine. Um, it's changed my life, but it's not the act of doing it that's just changed my life. It's that the idea that I don't want to be good at meditating. I want to be good at me, right? So I, I didn't do meditation forever because I wasn't good at it and I hated it. And people like you were like, I went for 10 days. I was like, oh my gosh. Like, you know, you just see all these people who are like, I'm so good at it. You're like, I am not. So I'm not even going to try, you know, until I realized that it's actually not to be good at meditating. It's to be good at me. And so when I figured out my routine and then I learned how to take that routine into my day, that you're like, oh my gosh, like this is where it translates is that in a day, in a moment when my husband doesn't respond the way I thought, or a client doesn't respond the way I thought, or we didn't get the deal. We thought that I can take that moment. And I know you're smiling because you're like, yes, I know what this feels like. You learn <laughs> to take that moment into the present, 
make decisions based upon where you're going. Like you start to slow down. It's like the matrix where you're like, okay, here, hold on just a second. That I was such a reactive fire Hulk woman. I mean, I, when you, you know, when I'm here, I was like, so reactive, like, oh, I like all this energy. And I've literally learned in moments to be like, like, hold on just a second. Like, it's changed everything. It's changed yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. And everything just comes so much clearer. It comes so much clearer. And I, you know, I want to also say it does not, it doesn't make it the, the per, it doesn't make it perfect. Right. I think perfection is overrated. I love the messy. You know, I think to me, love and connection is the ability to see another human exactly where they are and to meet each other where we are. And my husband can even say, he'll be like, are you triggered? I'm like, so I'm like, so mad. <laughs> like, oh, I'm this moment. But like having the words to be able to say to our kids, like, I'm so frustrated in this moment. I don't feel heard in this. Moment. So instead of just reacting, these moments also forge such connection with ourselves and like our community because we're able to do the hard together, like to do it well, to know like I'm experiencing my experience of you in this moment. And I feel like I'm angry, but I don't know why, or give me a couple minutes. Like that's, that's been so fruitful in our lives is to see the progression, to include people in our journey, to set boundaries, to say no to some relationships, like there's a lot there. Life is messy. Business is messy. Marriage is hard. Like this, this is messy, right? But the ability to, to learn and to practice that meditative state in a moment, that, that's, it's fascinating. It's endless. It's timeless. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's interesting because you say, oh, you're good at meditation. You did it for 10 days. I don't particularly like meditating. It's, I don't want to do it every day, but it does, <laughs> <laughs> it does help. And um, <laughs> having done 10 days, I'm now pushing myself to do more because not because I enjoy doing it, but because I know the benefits of it and coming out of it, I'm just so much more focused and it yeah. just enables me to do what I actually want to do and create those boundaries, avoid those distractions. Yeah. Well, and we call those, you know, we call, we've say mindset, heart set, skill set, and we have habits of the mind, we have habits of the heart, and we have habits of the will. And as people, we have to learn that there is a, there is a little bit of a different sequence to all of those. They all interact with each other. And I think that meditation is really a habit of the will, you know, and I hated the word discipline. Like I'm a girl, I'm a learned controller. I don't tell me what to do. Like I was that kid that my parents would say, eat broccoli. And I would be like, I'm not doing that. And I go, fine, don't eat it. And I was like, fine, I'll eat all the broccoli. <laughs> you know, like I was just, <laughs> I still am, you know, I'm like, I, the other day I said to my husband, I had really long hair. I was like, should I cut it or leave it long? And he's like, you should leave it long. Here I am like totally cut it, you know? So For me, when I understand the habits of the mind, the habits of the heart and the habits of the will, and I understand the principle behind it, it allows me to live free in the other areas of my life. And so unlearning what I thought to learn these habits has created so much freedom in other areas of life that then you ultimately go, I don't, I could never not do those now. Mm -hmm. And that takes some time, you know, that takes some practice and takes some time to get on the other side of like the results. But that, that's a huge, it's a huge game changer for someone who's going to step outside of their comfort zone, who's going to sell everything and move, like, you're going to have to eat mindset, heart set, skill set training, like your life depends on it, like your dreams depend on it, because they do, they really do. So 
it's a journey. We like you, we're a work in progress. I, I love getting to my space every morning and just understanding more of like, Oh, what am I learning? And I'm fascinated by how I responded there or well, what would today look like? And, you know, it's just a, it's just a constant state of curiosity. Yeah, that's great. It's a great reminder. Just it's a constant work in progress. It never stops. So okay. and that's really good. Um, I wanted to finish with one more question. Um, what advice would you give your younger self? I think let's go back to, let's go back to when you were before 2007, before you started the business. Yeah. Oh man. It's, I mean, it's probably the same advice I give to myself every single day. You know, I was a learned controller and I thought that there was a right way and a wrong way of doing things, which created a lot of stress. Um, and so it's the same thing I tell myself every day. It's my vision and conviction, which is, I would say, honey, live in a world where you get to create uninhibitedly because you are loved unconditionally. I will truly have to, I, I have to say that 10 times a day, even now, because I, I, it's easy for me to go back into this right, wrong control zone. And I just believe at the end of my life, God's going to say, did you, did you sing the song I asked you to sing? Did you write the book I asked you to write? And I would never go, well, I was afraid of, and I didn't. And I just, I learned to live unconditionally or uninhibitedly because I'm loved unconditionally. And so I would have said it then and I'm still saying it now. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. I love it. Thank you for so much for coming on, Julia. It's been, yeah, really fascinating. Awesome. My honor. Thank you. And there we have it. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. The biggest takeaway for me was those questions that Julia asks around what do we want now and what do we want most? It's a really powerful question. And when you think about it, doing what you want now isn't always serving the future you. So it's an amazing task for you to take away and try for yourself. And then once you've figured out what you really want, how can you do it? How can you make it happen? I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did find value, make sure you share it with a friend, post it on your social media, and I'll see you again, same time next week.